fight show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is a place you want to bet to get on all of the UFC action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is your home for college basketball futures. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. PropSwap is available in many states where there is no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Borrow, makers of the internet's favorite sofa. Get $75 off your purchase and free one-week shipping at Borrow.com slash SGP. That's Borrow.com, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash SGP for $75 off at Borrow. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paper head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. You ain't got a chance. Trying to go to war with the champ. Trying to go back, but you can't. Now it's only one king and the man. Israel Adesanya. He has taken this sport by storm. He is 
full transparency there. Me and Jeff Cohen were not on the right side of the Tyson Fury-Dante Wilder fight. Well, Jeff was a little bit more on the fence, but I think everybody really broke that fight down in terms of there being two definitive ways that either man was going to win. Tyson Fury was going to avoid the big shot and outpoint Deontay Wilder with class and boxing, or Deontay Wilder was going to land at the punch to knock him out. Instead, what we got was a bully show, really, by Tyson Fury. He didn't fear Dante Wilder's power, didn't let Dante Wilder get out of the gate, dominated him, albeit with some very illegal stuff and some grabbing and some shots to the back of the head but we're not going to complain about it too much and because we really were on the wrong side and some excuses have come out since the podcast about Wilder's outfit and things that were going on in his personal life and whatnot but you can't really blame the bookies now for pricing up the rematch as Tyson Fury being a one to three minus 300 favorite and Dante Wilder being as big as um, as five to two but you also cannot overlook that power all of a sudden because despite the fact that Tyson Fury came out and surprised Dante Wilder because all throughout the press conference he said he was going to do what he was going to do and it was not only poo-pooed by Wilder but it was also poo-pooed by everybody that pretty much broke down his fight as mind games. But but Fury came out and did exactly what he said he was going to do, caught Wilder off guard, took the center of the ring. I think Wilder will be expecting that now. I think he's been riding along for the last decade with minimal preparation, relying on his power. I think now he's going to have to go away and learn how to box a little bit more. I think he's going to have to come in with a game plan. I think he's going to improve the people that work for him in his corner. And I think we're going to see a different and improved Dante Wilder who's still going to carry that dangerous power. And in addition to that, we may see a Tyson Fury that may feel like he has Wilder's number. So I don't think that in any way that you can turn around and say that the fight is pointless. There's a lot of comments saying, let's not bother with this. It's a foregone conclusion. Let's move on to the Joshua fight. Well, for me, Anthony Joshua is an even more foregone conclusion than Wilder because he doesn't punch from those from those surprising unorthodox angles that Wilder can hit you from he doesn't carry the same power he doesn't carry the same speed he's going to be a sitting duck there and Tyson Fury will be able to go there and quite easily win 10 out of 12 rounds against Anthony Joshua and it'll be a landslide there's no point making that fight I think that fight is even more pointless I think Dante Wilder is still the danger man and I'm still interested in seeing the third fight between the two, which I would think that Fury would, would win based on what I saw. But you can't dismiss that power and you can't dismiss the fact that Wilder's going to go away now and prepare for four or five months and probably work on his boxing skills, something he hasn't done for a while, and get corner men in there. They're actually going to do a job and not just be yes men. Those corner men, yes, they got criticized for throwing in the towel. I wouldn't necessarily criticize them for that, but I would criticize them that everything that they did in the lead up to that round and en route to that fight and for the last 10 years or so of Wilder's career they've not done nothing they've relied on this power they've been basically cashing a free meal ticket and things are going to drastically improve and I'm interested in seeing an improved Wilder with an actual game plan other than to just wait to land a shot but even if even if that is the case and he does nothing and he still comes in and still wants to land that shot, he's still the most dangerous fighter in the heavyweight division and he's still, I think, the only opponent at this point in time until someone else breaks through and I can't see anyone on the horizon that could take out Tyson Fury. There's no point making the Dylan White fight and there is no point making the Anthony Ellis Joshua fight, in my opinion. We will have a podcast 
in June, Jeff Swin will be coming back because um, Pulev and uh, Joshua has been signed. I don't think that that fight is quite as pointless as people are making out. It's another one where people are saying, people are very quick to say this is pointless and that's pointless if they just don't get the exact fight that they want. Um, but for me, there's there's a lot of potential here in the heavyweight division for, for upsets because it's the heavyweight division. And the thing is, is that everybody in this division carries power at that size. So... Whereas people are saying that uh, Kubrat Pulev is a foregone conclusion for Anthony Joshua, it's not. Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Ruiz Jr. and needed to come back and, and win a points decision against him. And in this fight against Kubrat Pulev, which is going to be taking place at, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you are going up against a fighter who's lost one fight in his entire career, and that was against uh, Vladimir Klitschko in his peak. He's a fighter that hasn't lost a fight for five years, and he does come into this as a rightful number one contender, whether you guys want to agree with it or not. And he will be a difficult opponent for, for Anthony Joshua to knock out, and I, but I do think that Joshua will inevitably be able to get his knockout here. I do believe that he's been handpicked for that purpose, but it doesn't mean that Joshua can go in with the complacency that he went in with the Andy Ruiz fight. But we will review that more extensively in June and have a round-by-round -round breakdown of it. Same thing for, for Wilder versus Fury. So some good stuff coming up on the boxing front. But for now... On the UFC front, this is the card that people are looking at. It's Israel Adesanya returning to the octagon. For me, I believe this man has has overtaken John Jones as the pound-for-pound pound number one, although John Jones is up there in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I think you have to put him alongside Anderson Silva and maybe a couple of others. I think Khabib Nurmagomedov, if he can retire undefeated, will be in that conversation in a few years, even though I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. But Israel Adesanya isn't in that conversation, but I do believe he's in the pound-for-pound -pound conversation because, as I said at the end of the EPL show, we've got one fighter who's looking like he's just leaving his peak because John Jones has looked far, far, far from convincing in his last two fights, whereas Israel Adesanya... Is, has taken this title and is not saying no to anybody. Now, I understand that, that your Romero is 42 years old, but he is a legend in this sport, um, has the respect of hardcore UFC fans, even has the, has the respect of casual fans. He's got some big victories under his belt. And yes, he's 42, but he has not lost that knockout power. And if Israel Adesanya is looking at this as a mandatory challenger and somebody that is somewhat as a, of a tomato can to pass the time by until there is some sort of rematch maybe with Whitaker. And I'm not too sure what, what lies ahead for Israel Adesanya, to be honest. But if he's looking past this opponent here at UFC 248, he will end up getting himself knocked out. I don't think Israel Adesanya is going to look past anybody, to be honest with you. I mean, that's not been the the, um, the the blueprint of his career so far. He has managed to get past every opponent. That's why he is undefeated. There isn't a single blip in his record. 18 fights, 18 wins, and he comes to this comes into this as the rightful favorite. There's not too much value on it, to be honest with you. Um, the price has actually moved over the course of the week. Adesanya, at one point, you were able to get him closer to one to two. I think four to nine was pretty much the best price that was knocking around. But that has now moved out at four to 11. There's still some two to five knocking around. I think this could get to minus 300 by fight time because I think it will be inserted into various parlays. 
Uh, Yo Romero is out at nine to four at the moment. Uh, Adesanya to win via knockout is five to four. Sixteen to one via submission and nine to four via decision, which is what I like, and I'll talk about why in a minute. Yo Romero at seven to two via knockout. 16 to 1 via submission and 11 to 1 via decision. I think if you like Yo Romero here in an upset, I think his only route to victory here is the knockout. There is no point taking Romero here at 9 to 4. I think 7 to 2 via knockout is his only hope. Yes, he may be the better wrestler here and he may shoot for takedowns, but I think Israel Adesanya will be will be too good for those. I think he's also got a big range advantage and I think that range advantage will be key in order to land strikes and keep it at a distance and basically neutralize the the danger that Yo Romero has, which is landing a punch which will knock him out even at the age of 42. Now, does Israel Adesanya want to come in here and, and pick up a points victory? Well, it's not a case of what he wants to do. It's a case of what is more sensible to do. It's a case of what needs to happen and transpire for him to end up being 19-0 at the end of this fight. And that would be keeping the distance that he has and winning this fight on points on the outside. Therefore, that's what makes the 9-4 the here on an Israel Adesanya decision more appealing because I think in order to win via knockout, I think that would come late in the fight. I think it would be where Romero would be pretty much grinded down and frustrated by the fact that Israel Adesanya is picking up these rounds at range and therefore going for broke and trying to use his superior power and um, and trying to score the knockout where Israel Adesanya would be able to to counter punch, but I think the four inch height advantage is key. The seven inch uh, reach advantage is an even bigger advantage, and I feel that if Israel Adesanya keeps this fight standing, he can just outbox his opponent here for twenty five minutes at range, and Yo Romero's sole path would be via knockout. And if he goes for broke. There's the counterpunch there, but I think the counterpunch is less likely than the points decision here, which is why I'm not in agreement here with the odds of Israel Adesanya being five to four via knockout and um, nine to four via decision. But of course, it can happen. As I said, um, he can land a punch on the counter, which would obviously stun his opponent, then which could lead to um, a quick finish. Obviously, we've just come off the back of watching Tyson Fury finish Dante Wilder, and nobody saw that one coming. Whereas the odds here are leading towards an Adesanya knockout. I think that if it had been a three-round fight, obviously we would have seen a reversal, but I just think the extra 10 minutes and the fact that Romero is 42 is why the bookies are giving the uh, the finish the edge here. But for me, Adesanya, four inches taller, seven inches longer with the range. And um, despite the fact that Yo Romero is still scary and he is a legend in this fight, I think that Israel Adesanya being the the pound for pound best in my opinion will have the skill set to to win this fight i just um wouldn't get roped into the whole chasing a knockout thing because that in turn will get him knocked out because this is a scary opponent with with a lot of power still and um i think the idea here would be to come in and pick romero apart on his feet as opposed to going for something silly as opposed to going for something on his showreel. He doesn't need that at this point. He's already main event in pay-per-view. He's already, I would say, among the top five most marketable fighters in the UFC. And as he just notches up the wins and, and his record moves to 19-0 and 20-0 and 21-0, etc., I think he's only going to become more and more marketable. He doesn't necessarily need to be in unbelievably exciting fights. And um, 
I see him winning this by by four rounds to one here or um, or maybe even winning every round in this fight uh, because of the advantage that he has as long as he just, as long as he has a game plan to utilize that and not worry too much about the showreel stuff here for the fans and as I said that's never ever really been a problem with Israel Adesanya as the record suggests anyway before we move on to the co-main event of this card let me let you know that you can bet everything that we are giving out on this podcast over at mybookie.ag. They've got it all. They've got the UFC. They've got the NBA, college basketball, Premier League, XFL, and they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful customer service team that are available 24-7. They've also got the best odds and lines around for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join now, our bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, which is, of course, SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that's the promo code SGP to get your extra crash from my bookie where you bet, win, and get paid. Also want to take a second here to talk about PropSwap because March Madness is here and PropSwap is your home for college basketball futures. Even if your state doesn't have a sports book, you can still purchase live sports bets at PropSwap. It's America's number one marketplace to buy and sell sports bets because you're buying directly from another person. You can find great deals and you can also buy bets from states where there is no sports betting. All season long, PropSwap customers have been finding some of the best odds in the world. And if you sign up at PropSwap.com today, they will give you a 100% match on your first deposit. Just enter that promo code SGP at the time of deposit and PropSwap will match it up to $100. We are also brought to you by Borrow. They are the makers of the internet's favorite sofa. It's more than just a sofa. Burrow's genius sleep kit transforms your comfy sofa into an even comfier bed. Burrow also offers a collection of affordable rugs, coffee tables, love seats, armchairs, and ottomans, and you get free one-week shipping, plus $75 off with our promo code. To get $75 off your purchase and free one-week shipping at burrow.com, all you got to do is use our promo code, so that will make it burrow.com slash SGP. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash SGP for your $75 off at Burrow. Last thing I want to talk about before we move on to this co-main event is Ace Per Head. If you've ever thought about starting your own sportsbook but don't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. So don't keep giving your money to the sportsbook. You can be the sportsbook and you have top-notch customer support here 24-7 to help you and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus... Ace Per Head offers a live bed experience and an amazing mobile experience. To get started today, Ace is offering up to six weeks for free. All you got to do is head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Don't forget to add the slash SGP at the end. That's aceperhead, A-C-E-P-E-R-H-E-A-D.com slash SGP. Do that and you'll get yourself a free six weeks over at aceperhead.com. 
Moving on to the co-main event, and we have Weir Yang versus Jonah Janjacek. Uh, Weir Yang will come into this as the favourite to win the fight. She is the 4-7 to favourite. Janjacek is available at 11-8. to Looking at the method of victory, Zhang is at two to one to win it via stoppage, which is the favourite price. Eleven to four via decision and nine to one via submission. I think this is based on her destruction of Andrade. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, Jacek nine to four via decision, and that is the only way I see her winning. She's not going to get a stoppage, which is seven to one, and she's certainly not going to get a submission, which is sixteen to one. Now. For me, I really only see this fight playing out two ways, and that could be for Zhang at some point to to catch Joanna and to overpower her and just to basically continue on with her incredible start to her UFC career and get this massive scalp under her belt, which uh, despite the fact that Joanna Janjacek has kind of lost some of her invincibility over the last couple of years, she is still a massive, massive scalp. Or... She gets Joanna, Janjacek gets back to her best, turns out an incredible performance, turns the clock back, puts on incredible pressure here, avoids the big shot here, and ends up winning this on points. It's a really, really tough one to call, and I do think that, for me, this is a dog or pass fight because I do think Janjacek can win. Uh, I would be sidestepping the 11-8 to 8 here and going as big as the 9-4 to 4 in the points decision, and I think you can find that even bigger elsewhere. Um, Zhang, of course, as I said, could win his fight. Now, I guess, I guess there could be, I guess there's a possibility that Zhang could win this fight decision, and that would come around between landing a lot of significant fights and having Denjacek in trouble during periods of the fight where Joanna is just too tough to quit. Therefore, um, she uh, ends up seeing the final bell, but isn't really in the best day at the end. And obviously the judges seeing that would score the fight towards Zhang. But I think that's less likely. I think Zhang, if she's going to win this, does finish it inside the five. And if Joanna Janjacek sees the final bell, I would think that she's coming here with a game plan to win this fight. Um, the over-unders here, um, over 2.5 is available at four to nine. Um, over 3.5 is available at 8 to 13. Uh, under 2.5 is 13 to 8. And under 3.5 is available at 6 to 5. Uh, the fight to end up going the distance is at even money. So if you do want to bet that, um, if you do want the security of it going to points and that scenario where Zhang has done a lot of damage to jo Joanna Janjacek, but Janjacek has simply just survived to see the final bell, then uh, that's a good option for you there at Even Money. And that is a possibility, and I'm sort of talking myself into it here on this podcast. So that kind of tells you how tough this fight is to call. I don't think it's in the same category as the other one where I simply cannot see... Yo Romero wrestling Adesanya down to the ground and picking up the rounds or, or Adesanya being careless enough to land that knockout shot. I think that one is, for me, more clearer than this, whereas despite the fact that Jia Wang is close to minus 200 and could well be there by fight time because I think a lot of people are impressed with what she did and there has been a little bit of money on this one. But, but then again, you've got the boogie woman here and she's still carrying a reputation for for being a scary scary fighter there was a time where this woman was absolutely untouchable so 
people seeing her name on the marquee, just casuals tomorrow, may want to bet her. So I don't know if that's necessarily accurate that this one is going to move. I think you have to be a bit more than a casual UFC fan here to understand the dangers that Zhang presents here in this in this fight. So um, for me... I'm going to go with that um, that fight to go to distance bet, yes. And uh, I think Jin Jacek will win in that scenario, but I, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Boogie Woman has taken a, a lot of damage and is just too damn tough to quit in this fight and does see that final bell. But it's going to be a very, very interesting fight. I think this card... Despite the fact my lockbetting.com clients will have other bets on other fights down the card because there are opportunities there that I've fished out to make money. So if you want those picks, head over to lockbetting.com and upgrade to the appropriate package. But I don't think that they're particularly interesting and marketable fights. I think this is really, really a two-fight card in terms of selling it, and it is this women's title fight. And of course, uh, Israel Adesanya stepping into the octagon. Closing out with the lock on this show, and it's going to be a bounce-back lock after the disastrous Dante Wilder loss. I'm going to take a lock here from the main event. We didn't actually look at the over-unders in this fight, but... The over 2.5 rounds is available at 3 to 4. The under 2.5 rounds is available at 2 to 5. I do not see this fight being finished in the first two rounds. I think Israel Adesanya will be keeping his distance at that point, and I don't think Yoel Romero is going to be going for broke that early in the fight, despite the fact he's 42 years old. He has got decent cardio. He is probably the second best wrestler in all of USC behind Khabib, so... I do think that he'll be pacing himself, and I do think we'll see a tactical battle here, at least for the first couple of rounds. I do think there's a high possibility we get to the championship rounds. And of course, my pick here was for Israel Asanya to win this on points. So we're getting a lot of extra security, although we're laying more juice here at the 3-4 to four on the over 2.5. Plus, this is a bet that landed for us very, very easily in the John Jones fight. So I'm just jumping back on something that I like, a main event to to potentially see the championship rounds, or actually, you don't even need that. You can just go two and a half minutes less than that, because all you actually need here is two rounds plus two and a half minutes of the third. So if there is a knockout in the final two and a half minutes of the third, you're covered anyway. But I just don't see that happening. I think Israel Adesanya on points or late in this fight. So that gives you the security of Adesanya winning in the last two and a half minutes of the third or the fourth or the fifth. You don't need to sweat it out. You've already cashed it at three to four. $100 on this will win you a $75 profit. So 175 overall. And for me, that's going to be the best bet here. So that is the lock on this show. Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero over 2.5 rounds available at three to four. That concludes this edition of The Fight Show. I will be back at the end of the month where I will be collectively covering UFC on ESPN 8. Francis Ngano returns to the ring. Plus, we have a bantamweight fight between Rafael Asensio versus Cody Garbrandt. I will also be covering WrestleMania 36 on that show. So I'll be primarily focusing on WrestleMania 36. I'm just probably not allowed to say that because some people don't like it. But I will also be looking at UFC on ESPN as well. 
After that, I'll be back with UFC 249, which is headlined by the massive fight between Khabib, Namega Madoff, and Tony Ferguson. We also have Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas on that card. So big card coming up, UFC 249. That's April the 19th at the Barclays Center. But we'll be back at the end of March with another edition of the Fight Show. And of course, we have all that boxing coming up in June. We talked about it at the start. Big year of boxing. Joshua, Wilder, Fury, all in action later on in the year. So all of that's coming. Big, big year for the fight show. So make sure you change. Stay tuned. Uh, we've got a great record here for picks. We've got a great pair record here for locks. And we look to bounce back from the loss of Dante Wilder here with the show. So hopefully Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero do it for us and go over the 2.5 rounds on Saturday night. If you want more picks for this, I will be breaking down the rest of the card. I will be making my official picks. There is stuff I like. Head over to my website, lockbetting.com to check that out that's it for me good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening guys Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. We're partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus.